Welcome to Did You Eat Yet? I'm Jessie Chang. And I'm Grace Long. We're your hosts for this podcast. We believe every single person is created for a purpose. And the ethnicity, the characteristics, and the personality you have all works together for that purpose. So join us as we have honest conversations about what it means to be Asian between cultures through the lens of Jesus. Guys, today is another episode and I'm very Yay. excited. Interesting topic today. <laughs> yeah, more than the topic, today we have Chris Lung with us. Yay! <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> and you, yeah, yeah, if you didn't pick up from the fact that him and Grace have the same last name, Chris is Grace's husband, so this is hey, a welcome. lot of fun today. Hello. Um, and today the topic, what is the topic, Grace? Today the topic is dating and singleness. So, yeah, and we'll be looking at, yeah, I guess our experiences of it as Asian pe- people yeah. of Asian heritage and also, yeah, what Jesus and the Bible might have to say as well. Mm. And before we get into any of that, I think it's important to um, talk a bit about Chris and Grace. Um, so how long has it been since you guys were dating? Yeah, it's it's been actually quite a while. Like, so we this is our 13-year like anniversary of marriage, it- right? I hope so. <laughs> and so... Uh, of marriage. Yeah, so then... The dating since 2003 for 17 years. And I think it was like one week ago that was the day. Oh, yeah, that we started like going September. out, right? Yeah, September. Wow. Just before Chris, the long weekend. Yeah. That is pretty good memory. Did you, like, <laughs> make sure you knew the dates before you went on to this? Or did, have you, do you remember no, this because, all the time? No, well, because... it's part of the story that we were... <laughs> At a retreat on the long weekend, <laughs> and I wanted to sort it out before we go to the retreat. Yeah, it was a retreat yeah, about okay. like thinking about full time ministry. So, yeah, we, he he wanted to get that get the who he's going to be doing that with potentially full time ministry out of the way first. <laughs> and for the listeners, we'll get into um, their their love story at halftime. So keep listening <laughs> um, but yeah so that that's a little bit about you guys let's go into how does the Asian culture uh, approach dating because for me I mean it just seems like there is an outright ban when you're still studying and then all of a sudden you hit like 26 or something and then your parents ask can you hey when are you getting married you know when are you giving us grandchildren <laughs> uh-huh I mean I I so like agree with that because that's pretty much what, what happened to me um I mean my parents weren't strict in any way but there was always this unsaid expectation that you know while you're in high school you're just going to study and at uni um by the time you get out of uni there better be someone my parents actually, they took me matchmaking in a sense. There was this, there was a couple of families with single guys that 
you know, they were looking for someone and they had invited my parents to bring us to have dinner with their family. And we didn't really know each other super well, but I think my parents actually just wanted some free meals. <laughs> so they just, so they just, you know, cause it was like a nice Chinese dinner and everything. And I do remember having lobster sashimi for one of the meals. <laughs> Whoa, sashimi even. That yeah. They, cause they, the other family paid for it, you know, so I guess it was part of, <laughs> Impressing us a little bit Get or something. Get as much as you can out of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think my parents weren't yeah. super, you know, they weren't super serious about it, but there definitely was this expectation that, you know, no boyfriends in high school at all. Um, but then later it's like, man, you don't know how to look after yourself. How are you going to get married? Like, you know, you don't know how to do any domestic duties. Um, you know, that's because they had been doing it for me the whole time and telling me to just go study. And then suddenly it's like, you're like terrible marriage material. I wonder why. <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> They've set you up to fail. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, yeah, that's what it feels like. If Parents, if you're listening, yeah, uh, we could have another chat. You probably disagree. Um, but, yeah, definitely there is this kind of, I don't know what you call it, like Mulan legacy thing, you know, where the duty is to honour your family and particularly mm. as a woman, you do that primarily by getting married and having children, right? And even though it seems like quite an outdated thing, um, I think that thinking still trickles down and still um, impacts a lot of uh, families of Asian background today. I mean, it's hard for both men and women who are unmarried, you know, as they get older, but I think perhaps men can stay single for longer without so much stigma. But, um, yeah, I think that it's sort of a bit different for women, which I think we'll also talk about later. Mm, yeah. um, it's also, I suppose in Asian culture, it's dating and marriage is quite a community thing. It's a community decision. And I guess our first reaction can be, oh, that's, you know, I can make choices for myself. I can, you know, I'm capable of finding someone by myself. Um, I mean, at the same time, I think that there is some wisdom in having our families contribute and be involved in finding that person for us mm. and yeah it's quite a good balance from that purely western uh individualistic decision but yeah our families do know us very well and um at the same time you know families can also be shallow too like they have their own requirements like they better have a car or house or a job or something but i mean yeah mm. i think that there's balance of individual and collective is a really helpful thing um, I guess also another thing I've noticed in Asian culture is that, yeah, getting married or at least being with someone gives you some kind of credibility for some reason. Like, um, you know, a pastor that's not married uh, is quite an outlier. Like many of them are married. So, but we'll see that, you know, a lot of our Christian heroes and, you know, people in the Bible, Jesus, Paul, weren't married either. So, yeah, even though that there's some kind of status and credibility with marriage, that may not be the case, I mean, sometimes when we look at the Bible. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and yeah, we'll definitely get into singleness um, later on in the episode. But I think, yeah, it, I totally agree with what you said about how, you know, there, there should be a balance about between individualism and also having our families involved um, mm. with helping us, you know, choose someone you see it all the time in the bible where actually it's the parents who do the arranged marriage thing for the kids yeah so, you know with right. isaac and and all of these people mm. and in a way if you have a parent who yeah. is 
on fire for God, loves the Lord. By them choosing someone for you, it's act- it actually makes it so much easier. You don't have to go through the whole hassle. Exactly. Like, Is this the right person? Or are they a or potential not? person? Maybe they're a potential person. Oh, like what? What are your thoughts, Chris? I think my personal experience is a bit different. Like I think, for me, it was it kind of felt isolating because I didn't know who to talk to about it. Uh, so partly, I'm just a private person. Like I keep my stuff to myself. But I think part of it is me being Chinese Australian. Uh, I'm a Christian teenager. There's quite a lot of intersections there, and to find someone who gets that and I trust is pretty hard. So, like, my parents, so my mum would talk to me and kind of badger me about stuff, you know, how's your day? Oh, who's this person? Uh, you know, and I I always push back and, like, I kind of, to some degree, like, kind of shut it out a bit. I found it a bit annoying. My dad didn't really talk to me about anything personal and so I wasn't about to start talking to him about women or anything like that. I have two sisters who are older, um, mm. but mm. kind of again, like, I don't know, I just didn't think of them uh, as people to talk to. They weren't Christian either. Uh, and then, you know, I have church friends in my youth group, but, mm. you know, the other guys, in some sense, are my competitors. <laughs> like, there was a guy who was interested in the same girl as me, like, well, what am I talking <laughs> yeah. about? So, in the end, the only person I really talked to about it all yeah. was a mentor I had. He's also he's in my church. He's also Chinese Australian, uh, about six years older than me. So that that was quite helpful mm. to me. That's really interesting that you say that. Like that that combination of being a young male teenager Christian, and just yeah, not really having many people that you can talk about dating and get sort of sound advice than someone that you can trust. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point that you've made. Mm. So then what do you guys think is the difference between, like, courting and dating? And I mean, there's so many different terms now. And Like, is dating different from being in a committed, rela- like committed relationship, boyfriend-girlfriend relationship? How would you guys define all these different terms? Yeah, so there's dating and then, like you said, there's being in an actual committed relationship. I think the the problem is, yeah, it is kind of complicated. Like, oh, I'm seeing someone, I'm dating someone. So for me, like, I think communication within any kind of friendship, maybe more than friendship, is really important. And I think if I could go back to my younger self, I would really try and encourage people to have some more mature communication. Like, we waste so much time guessing the intentions of potential people right um you know are we friends or are they walking to me me to my car because they're interested or they're just being a gentleman you know and then you know you start thinking oh you know what what I wonder what they actually think about me but then oh they start they're talking to some other girl I, I wonder if you know they're actually interested in them oh my I don't know so well, like there's like the inner of, dialogue like, of every teenage girl and... ever <laughs> exactly well and I was in uni as well far out yeah and so you know and I think even up to 20s and 30s so I think there ought to be just some clear communication about what this relationship is I think that's um, quite important um, so that you don't, as Christians particularly, we don't want to lead people on. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
I think like, yeah, the terms are so loose. I mean, you could be talking, in America versus Australia versus New Zealand, like the terms would mean totally different things. But I would say like dating or whatever, like I, I put it two categories. One would be, you know, you're hanging out, you know, as a guy, you're finding a girl who you can take to a carnival and like, you know, win soft toy prizes for her. That's one kind of relationship. You know, it's like a, and I think ultimately you're fulfilling your own need, right? Like, I want to be needed for for a girl. Maybe it's being there. And yeah, there's this guy who do all this stuff for you. Like, um, so I think there's more of a personal orientation. Like, there's some sense mm. it's mainly about the companionship. It's more about what I could get. You're moving more into a serious relationship where you're thinking about, okay, how can I love and serve this person? How am I going to help them grow? Uh, like, as Christians, like, how am I going to help them grow in their love for Jesus? Can I go on and love this person mm. for the rest of my life? Um, and thinking about those kinds of questions. So you're moving away from thinking about how can I meet my personal needs to thinking, well, well how am I going to fulfill their actual needs? The key is, like, um, is communication. Like, it's, for different people, there's different steps. And there's no clearly defined steps how you move from two people being friends to being in a relationship to seriously thinking about marriage. Like, it's quite murky. We just say, I'll go ask them out, you know, shoot your shot. But, you know, aside from that, there's a lot of other steps. And different people have different expectations. And I think the key would be if we just communicated. Because I think a lot of the time, and this is how I grew up, thinking it's like, well, there's a girl, okay, like, you know, try and hang out with her. And then at some point you go, you share your feelings about her, and then it's like, that's when you roll the dice. So yes or no, and then like you say yes, woo, like she says no, okay, like move on. Friendship is almost over kind of vibe. But like it's just really mm. unhelpful yeah. approach. And I think uh, now some guys, now you've got to <laughs> stop admiring from afar and never talking to her and then suddenly telling her how you feel. Like, it just doesn't work. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I know some guys mm. that So your that. advice to guys yeah. is, like, be friends first. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, talk to them. Yeah, and be clear about that friendship. Like, sometimes I... S- oh, you go on, sorry. Uh, like, yeah, I remember a friend of mine, a girl, but she was just frustrated with this guy who... She she knows the name, they talk occasionally, but all of a sudden he's like, oh, I like you. And she's like, well, we never talk. Like, what is this is so weird. Yeah, and I know the guy, I'm like, oh, yeah, he would totally do that. Um, yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> so please, please don't do yeah. that. Just talk. You know, just yeah. navigate. It's a, it's a bit of a dance where you're, like, figuring out a bit of to and fro. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I see, like, you know, suddenly a guy and a girl start to hang out a lot together, you know, and then, yeah, I find, I mean, that's, that's, that's great, you know, but I, I think... Um, what would really help in those kind of instances is, yeah, when you suddenly find yourself hanging out together a bit more than a normal friend, then to be a bit honest about, where, yeah, how you're feeling. Like, you know, I am kind of interested, but I'm not sure yet about dating, but, you know, I am trying to get to know you. So it's not just suddenly, like, this guy starts turning up everywhere you go and hanging out with you more, and then suddenly, like, they decide, oh, actually, maybe not, and they suddenly disappear and they just ghost you. Yeah. So then... What does the Bible say about dating? And we've talked a bit about when when you were talking, Chris, about how you know there's two different types of 
relationships where one is kind of more of a personal need and the other one is more really thinking about those serious questions kind of like marriage is dating the goal of dating just marriage yeah i'll start with the first question you asked so what does the bible say about dating i mean it just it doesn't actually say that much but you know when we think about dating or, or marriage as christians i guess we are talking about being with someone who's obviously not already married who's not the same gender and for Christians we are it's wise very wise to find someone that loves Jesus right uh, because dating uh, a non-believer can be so hard right um, being with someone that doesn't share our love for the most important relationship in our lives for Jesus you know as Christians our lives orbit around Christ and, you know, for me, I'm already pretty sad that my husband here doesn't share my love of Asian dramas, <laughs> you know, let alone something that's so important to me, Jesus. You know what, Grace? I feel like we've talked about Asian dramas mm. every episode. <laughs> all Asian food, right? Somehow we managed to work it into every episode. <laughs> yes, it's a subtle hint, guys. Yeah. Anyways, an um, but, yeah, Jesus, my rock. Yeah, my rock, my refuge, my best friend, my king, right? Um, you know, and so the, if there's someone who doesn't share that, it's I think it's very painful. To me, it's like running in a three-legged race, right? You're tied to this one person, you know, in the race of life, I guess, or marriage. You know, you're one unit, but one person is racing toward God and the other person is racing towards something else in this world. I think it's just really painful. Mm. Yeah. It's not even just, a, you talk about a non-Christian, it's even like a weak Christian person, like who's not really pursuing God. Mm. Like in the same way, they can really be, in some sense, a hindrance uh, at that time. Yeah. But I think like, mm. I think about people talking about a soulmate or just some person, like I guess the Christian version is that God has, you know, promised some person out there you know, you just go pray for them. And I think, I think it's quite dumb in a sense. Sorry, but like you watch a movie, right? You watch. <laughs> Tell it like it is, Chris. Tell <laughs> it like it is. Don't let me preach. Um, <laughs> but you watch like a movie like Die Hard. I think it's Die Hard Four, and there's a scene where Bruce Willis he drives a police car off some ramp and takes down a helicopter, and the other guy's like, "Whoa!" And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I was out of bullets." And we just think, oh, you know, that's ridiculous. That's just, it's just Hollywood, like Fast and Furious. It's just Hollywood. It never happens, right? Then you go and watch, okay, K-drama mm. or some kind of romantic comedy. And, you know, two people meet the most serendipitous <laughs> circumstances that could ever happen. And they fall in love. And like, oh, yeah, they're the one. Like, and we, we watch it and we probably think, okay, that's Hollywood. But, but somewhere deep down inside, we think maybe just maybe that could happen to me. Um, and I want to say, no, that's not how it works. Um, like, we should really <laughs> yeah. watch those with the same lens that we watch Die Hard and Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because in the end, the relationships, especially as Christians, is about sacrifice and serving each other, right? It's not There's not going to be someone who compliments you perfectly that you don't have to really have to work hard for. At the end of the day, to keep a relationship going long term, it needs a lot of sacrifice um, and to work at it too. So I guess, yeah, when we are dating or when we're trying to find someone, is marriage the goal? I would say, um, yes, it is. But at the same time, don't sort of exp like 
pin your hopes on this one person as well. So why I say mm. yes is, you know, if we're not dating for marriage, what are we dating for? I guess mm. that is the question. Yes. So what, yeah. if you're going to eventually break up, you'll break, you'll be together to eventually break up. And so what is that time for, you know, is it for yourself to um, experience dating that you want the experience? Is it for some kind of mutual satisfaction or something you know you're going to break this person's heart eventually if you're not going to marry them so yeah I would I guess that would be the question that I would ask I mean having said that Mm. sometimes I think as Christians we put a lot of you know expectation oh my gosh like I'm gonna tell ask this person now and that means they're gonna be the person that I'm gonna marry you know like that's also a lot of pressure too much pressure you know that oh my gosh like it's gonna it, it has to be this person so you know and that's also not necessarily true as well like we can date someone and find out that actually we don't really get along or um they have different uh priorities to me in life or that yeah their view of god or where they think god is taking them is different from where god is taking me and so those are things we also find out during dating and so it's a time where we not just get to know each other so that we can get married, but also discern whether this person is someone that uh, we could be with um, in marriage. What are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, like I think ultimately the Bible like doesn't say much explicitly about it. Um, so it's never about these certain requirements or lists that we make. I think what often happens is by creating these lists, like, okay, they've got to fulfill certain requirements that are not required actually, then you just reduce your pool of options. And lots of godly men and women who would be good, but you just cast them aside because, oh, they don't have some feature that's not important. And I think, yeah, you you lose out and you kind of complain and say, oh, there's no one. But, like, there are plenty of people. It's just you're being picky in an unhelpful way. I think the Bible says something, mm. thinking thinking less about lists that we make, but, you know, how are we being shaped so that we're a person who is marriable? <laughs> like, it, I mean, preferences are valuable. Like, you don't, you don't just pick people at random. <clears throat> so I think, like, you keep preferences, but you mildly keep them. You, you'd be happy to cast a lot of them aside. And it's funny when you talk to married couples and you're like oh you know are they the person you're looking for you'd be surprised how many say oh actually mm, they didn't really meet my list and it wasn't like this sense where they're like giving up hope and they're like all right i just gotta settle for something but i reckon it's just a sense that was learning that okay like these are actually not that important for a relationship um and so they've learned to just say okay well you know i can still love a person who's short. Well, I can still love a person who doesn't like sport or K-dramas, um, such as our relationship. Right? Does that feel like a personal attack, Chris? <laughs> Chris? Chris is the one that's mentioned dramas twice in this episode now. Sorry, so I, I, I know that I was, not on Grace. I was not up to Grace's standard on our list. <laughs> we'll hear about that later. Um, yeah, I think there's also this prevalent um, idea in the church community that somehow we can, yes, yes, we remain holy and pure, 
but not for God, but sometimes for the sake of saving ourselves for our future spouse or something that, um, but I, we, our purity is not going to, you know, lead to some reward of a great spouse. I think sometimes Mm. that can be an unhelpful thought within the church. God can keep us single for the rest of our lives. And that would be his will for us. Mm. Right. And I think for me, I really had to struggle with that possibility. Mm. Um, when I yeah. was younger. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that um, a little bit later on once we get into the mm. singleness part of that, uh, this episode. Yeah. Um, we, we've talked a bit about what the Bible says about dating, which is, like you guys say, not a lot. But I think there is one verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9, which is Paul's advice about Basically, like this is me paraphrasing, he's saying, you know, if you're single and you feel like you're burning with passion for companionship, then you should just get married. Which, if we take it out of context, it can end badly. <laughs> so, can you guys kind mm-hmm. of explain yes. what what is Paul going on about there? No, I think there is some wisdom to that, particularly if you are an engaged couple and... Um, or have been dating for a very long time, that there is some wisdom to getting married earlier because there is less of a temptation within your relationships to commit uh, sexual immorality. And so, um, you know, sometimes as part of being in the Asian community, our Asian parents can often prioritise security um, before marriage, mm-hmm. so I'll make sure you have a better job or make sure you have enough for a house, um, make sure that you're ready to support someone and a family, then get married. And while those things are wise, it can really prolong um, a time where um, for people who have been together for a while to get married. And for Christians, that can be uh, an unhelpful time where you really have to... Um, flee from temptation Mm. so yeah to get married a bit earlier (laughs) can be quite a wise thing Uh, chris yeah um i think that's definitely the case um but i think there's a limit to how far you take that kind of the center thinking and you can't make it you can't think that oh okay well my lust problem is going to be solved Mm. by getting married yeah and so now that i'm married i'll never have a lust problem ever again like that's so not true or I will never have a self-control problem Oh, because I've got a spouse. Um, I think whether you're married or not, lust, self-control, those remain, they could easily remain problems whether you're single or married. Being married doesn't guarantee anything in terms of your desires. And so, yeah, I think if it's a problem before marriage, probably a good chance it'll be a problem afterwards. So getting married early doesn't, like in some sense, it resolves an immediate need, but there's, there are some... Uh, deep-lying things there that, that we've got to be aware of. But I think in some sense Paul's recognising that and saying, well, yeah, okay, like, let's not be too, let's not be naive about it um, in terms of, yeah, you should get married sooner. But I think we don't lean on that and say, well, you know, I'm married. Like, I remember one of my Bible college lecturers who talked about the idea of, you know, sex is, it's like a miracle happening that there's, the husband and wife are both in the mood, both not tired and ready to go. Like, 
it just doesn't happen often, <laughs> in a sense, like not as much as we would imagine. Yeah. Um, Just pouring a lot of cold reality in this episode, Chris. I love it. Great. <laughs> <That's right>. hey. <laughs> yeah, not Hollywood well, at all. If you're Christian and you're not married, you know, you, it's unlikely you have experience. Um, and yeah, it, that's how it works. That's, that's yeah. the reality. So, yeah. With that verse, we go, yeah, I think it's, you know, wiser to not delay too much, but, you know, not everything is banking on that idea of just getting married mm, it's going to solve everything yeah we are going into halftime now we we'll take a quick break from the episode and this is the story we've all been waiting for well mostly me <laughs> um chris and grace's love story how did it happen Tell us, please share. I'm excited and I'm ready. Hmm. <laughs> well, I, I guess let's go back to, you know, when I was in my re- early 20s, right? So at that point, you know, I was like, you know, if I'm going to be serious about my commitment to Jesus, I need to surrender this fact that I'm at the currently single to him, knowing that, you know, if God wants to keep me single for the rest of my life, you know, rather than be with someone who doesn't um, love Jesus. I had to really work through that a lot, but I suppose I felt free in my head after having made that really clear to me what kind of person I would be looking for, someone that I could walk together with Jesus with or no relationship at all. At the same time, I did start getting quite panicky at uni. So at uni, you know, I happened to go to one of the biggest unis with the largest Asian contingents. And then like our Christian group was probably the biggest in our state. And I was in like one of the most male Asian faculty Christian groups. And so I was getting to like my second or third year and I was like, man, if I can't find someone, like I'm going to be stuffed. So um, yeah, so it was there that um, Chris and I, we were in the same Christian group at uni. Um, Chris was about half a year or so ahead of me. If you guys know Steve Chong, you know, uh, the founder of Rice Move, he actually tried to matchmake us at one point. (laughs) At the time, I had actually, this was at like preparing for one of the Rice rallies. I wonder how many people have heard that. But at that point, I I had actually rejected Chris. So what had happened was that Chris, you know, we we were in the same friends group, Christian Mm. group, and, um, it was, it was one of those things where he just started randomly being around a lot <laughs> and we hung out for lunch together. Um, you know, at the time there was someone else, you know, kind of on the, in, in, in the, in the uh, field of view <laughs> in the picture. So I didn't really notice anything. Like it's just a really nice Christian guy that I could, who ha- was in the same class as me and just makes sense for us to have lunch after because, you know, there was, we, we happened to be in the same class together. Chris lives near Kurong, which is a Bible, uh, Christian bookstore. Mm. And um, there was a new Bible that had come out, the uh, English Standard Version at that time. And so I had asked him to buy it for me. He had slipped a card in there where his favorite Bible verse was and said, oh, this is my favorite verse. By the way, um, you know, I kind of like you, Grace. And I was like, what? Like, I had no idea. I was like, oh, I clearly do not like it. And you didn't open it for a few days. <laughs> Yeah, so he was oh, left I, hanging. What is he going to open this? 
I was using my other Bible still. Anyway, it's not because I didn't open a Bible, guys. Um, you know, I didn't have any feelings for Chris at that point. And, you know, I had my own list at the time and Chris didn't match a lot of the things on the list. And so I was like, you know, I've got to be honest with this guy and just say, I'm sorry, like, I'm just not interested, you know, communication. It was, it, it was honest, <laughs> but it hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so oh, yeah. the following months and about a year after that, you know, I think God actually started teaching me a lot of things about what was on that list. I'll let Chris carry on the story. Like if, yeah, people say like, you know, just shoot your shot, right? So, yeah, I went, I went 0 for 6, <laughs> including Grace. But, you know, the whole time, you know, people constantly telling me, yeah, you're a good cash, you know, pretty boy. It's not just like aunties, you know, saying it, but like kind of peers. I say, you know, you, people are telling me like you should be able to find someone, right? And, you know, I'm 0 for 6, so I'm like, well, what, what's going on? And so, like, by the sixth time... I just thought, you know, I'm just, I'm done. Like, what? Like, yeah, I don't think something's not right. And mm. and actually, just in prepare, preparation for this podcast, I think I realized just how hard I was chasing uh, girls. Like, you know, I was trying to manufacture a relationship for myself. Like, mm. I talk about, you know, you know, I suppose if we use a Christian term, you know, I'm relying on my own strength in this case. Mm. Uh, and so I think at that point, but you know, I actually felt really at peace with being single. I was just like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm not gonna keep pursuing. And so, in in some sense, you know, call off the hunt. You know, everyone go home. Like, it is no done. More. <laughs> and and I'm only, you know, I'm only 21 at the time, right? Still at uni, uh, same uni. Just, you know, I didn't. I didn't say I'm gonna be single forever, but I was like, I'm not going to chase. I'm not gonna put all this effort in um, into it. And so, what was also happening for me, like at uni, I was also seriously thinking about going into full-time paid Christian ministry, um, particularly with you know second-generation Asians, which I'm doing right now. Mm. Um, and so I thought, like, if there's a girl, okay, like she's got to be ready to be uh, a CMO, like in Cantonese, that's the pastor's wife, right? And so. Yeah, um, it was Grace, like, okay, she wasn't interested the first time. We stayed friends. And there's one semester, we're both working part-time, so we're not always at uni. And so for, for me to get home, I've got to change trains at Central Station in Sydney. And I'm at the wrong end, like, I walk down to the other end, which is where I usually get off um, later. And, yeah, walking down, and I'm up to Grace, like, we're friends, so, like, hey, mm. um... You know, the following week, I knew, so I found out so she worked that day, I worked that day. And I just thought, well, I think I'll just do the same routine, right? Like, and maybe I'll see her again. Uh, I know it sounds like this serendipitous stuff that I'm saying don't fall into, but, you know, just like, well, maybe, maybe she'll be there, maybe she won't. Like, I don't, like, and then she happened to be there again. And then it became this habit and we were always there. Mm. Um, and so we talked a bit more. We're talking on MSN Messenger. What uh, throwback? Um, <laughs> Ancient. <laughs> it may have even been ICQ. All right. What's ICQ? <laughs> um, back in that. <laughs> it's, it's the OG. Before, okay. Oh, one of the OGs before MSN Messenger. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, and then she she told me about her plans. She wanted to go to Japan as a missionary. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I was. 
Well, I was not low-key, but I thought I was being low-key. I just asked her, okay, so what if there was a guy who was not interested in going to Japan? <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, I consider that. I'm like, all right, like there's something, there's an option, like there's something here. And, and then it was yeah, shoot your shot like, 2.0. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I think... Yeah, so it was kind of a few months of seeing each other and at the station and talking and talking about some, you know, plans for what we're thinking about for our future and stuff. And I felt like we were in this really weird, like, we've got to define the relationship, like, because we were kind of (laughs) friends, but then I felt like we talked about some stuff that would probably, you know, be a bit beyond friendship. So I was kind of... Yeah, like a bit frustrated. What are we? You know, so then I sort of bring it up like, you know, let's talk about what we are. And for me, I had I had some interest because um, since the rejection for the first time, I had seen him in action as a Christian leader. I had seen that he was a godly person. And yes, even though he wasn't into Asian stuff, he wasn't. He didn't play any musical instruments. He wasn't like the super studious type that was on my list. Those other things were actually really important and more important, really, than what I had. I felt like this time in talking to Grace about it, like, I felt like if she says she's not interested, like, I still felt happy. Like, I'll be like, that's okay, like, and I'll be single again. Like, I'll continue to be single, and that's what I was happy with. Mm. And if she says yes, like, okay, well, you give me a relationship, and, like, I think you know, we're actually walking on a similar path, which could totally work out. And so I felt really at ease. There was this camp that I happened to be leading on. It was for, like, uh, school leavers. It was, it was a study camp, an Asian study camp. They go and study here with the Bible. But, you know, we're looking for leaders. And I said, okay. At this point, like, I'm not really, you know, quote-unquote pursuing grace. Well, I said, hey, you know, I'm helping at this camp. Do you want to come? And, and I actually asked a few other girls and guys. Everyone said no except for Grace. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe there's something there again. Um, That's a very smooth tip. Listen up, guys. Yeah, yeah. Go to camp. <laughs> invite her along, right? <laughs> ask, ask people to help you in ministry. <laughs> Okay, so second half of the episode, singleness. Um, this can be quite a triggering word <laughs> depending on where you're at. And you've talked about, Chris, how, you know, in the past there were times where you felt mm. like so much was riding on it, but then other time with Grace where you felt at ease. Um, so I think we can all mm. kind of relate to that as well. And just for everyone out there, I am also single right now, so... For the single Pringles out there, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Jesse, how about you share that? What, so what has your journey been like as a single person? Yeah, I would say it's, it, it has been a bit of a roller coaster. I think it's mm. really funny when you brought up, Chris, like, you know, the, these movies that we think are real and kind of think that it can happen in real life, because I totally thought that as well. You know, I was raised on a steady diet of Disney and princess movies. Um, <laughs> so there's totally the yep. expectation that, you know, your your Prince Charming will come along and sweep you off your feet, and then you'll both live happily ever after. 
I would mm. say actually, yeah, relationships have been a massive idol in my life. For me, though, so a lot of time with idols, they are actually a symptom of other problems. So it wasn't necessarily mm. that I really wanted to be in a relationship. It was more that I wanted that kind of fairy tale story. You know, I, I wanted the appearance mm. of like a, the perfect relationship and you know, other people to envy me and to, to get that, uh, like, approval from other people. Oh, that's a really perceptive mm. reflection, I guess, mm. on your part. And, yeah, thanks for being really honest mm. with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you see all these elaborate gestures by, you know, people in these fictional things. And, yeah, you know, and then I realised, actually, yeah, when we're in relationships, the other person is someone who's needing love and affection as well. It's not just as a you know us receiving it so yeah those things really do cloud our, mm, our thinking yeah and mm. yeah so that that's kind of like where I was at you know I wanted that relationship because I like I was thinking about myself so I can really relate to actually mm. what was said before in terms of the the kind of relationship where it is actually about you not about the other person so a couple of years mm. ago I was really over being single and so it seemed like everyone I knew was you know getting into relationships Mm -hmm. or getting engaged and I was like I'm over this thank you god like I am ready please send him my way (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) like I I um so I, I met this guy and he was Christian and he ticked things off you know my list and mm. nothing ended up happening. So we stayed friends. And when I met up with him a few years on, I realized that actually the fact that nothing happened was because it was like God's mm. protection over me. And and so, mm. and mm. I was literally just talking about, you know, like how yeah. with relationships, it was all about me. The reason why I liked this guy was because mm. of his charisma, his confidence, ambition, and, like, status. Like, he was a Christian, but that wasn't why Mm. I liked him. Those things aren't necessarily bad things, I just want to say. But it it Mm. was actually a reflection of the kind of person I wanted to be. So I've never been the person Mm. who, you know, like, everyone wanted to be friends with or, you know, everyone wanted to talk to. I was actually, like an extremely shy kid. In my mind, if I couldn't have those qualities for myself, then I wanted to be with someone who had them. And so it was a very extreme, it was extremely Mm. selfish kind of mindset. And because of my lack of confidence, I wanted to have a relationship to help me to get confidence. And, Mm. Which is the not a good, not even not a good. It was a ve- it's a very bad reason for wanting to get into a relationship, people. <laughs> um, right. You know, through my journey, God had revealed that to me. Um, and then, actually, when I met up with this guy a few years later on, he was actually still the same person. Like he didn't really change, but. And, and I could mm. see his faith was not a priority to him. I realized that right. actually I 
God had taken me on this journey and I had changed and and it was just after having like a meetup I walked away and I was like thank you Jesus that you did not mm. let anything happen all those years earlier because yeah it's yeah just completely different priorities yeah yeah so you're saying that it was kind of initially it was because you had some gaps in your own life that basically you you it's all it's like you're looking for someone mm. to fill or help you with that gap but at the end of the day it was god protecting you both really from yeah mm. from what could yeah. have happened between you guys hmm so like yeah, as you said that it's singleness is quite a triggering word. So, yeah, what about like, you know, often in churches people talk about singleness as a gift. Like what do you think about or how do you feel about when that's mm. said? Well, I think it may seem like a very offhand thing to say to people who are single um, and it can mm. be quite mm-hmm. hard to hear. But I definitely yes. agree that it is a gift (laughs) and like every, like a lot of other things that are a gift um, and how you respond to singleness actually shows, you know, how much you trust God. And, and I know this is really hard to hear and it's kind of like, I don't want (laughs) to, if you're single, you're kind of like, I don't want to hear this, Mm. but honestly, like, do you trust that God's plan for you is better than yours? Like Grace, you talked about it earlier when you were going through that season in your life, when you were, you know, trying to decide for yourself and, and you had to really wrestle and struggle with that. Like if I am single for the rest of my life is, will I be joyful in that? Will I be happy in that? Because that is God's plan for me. And it's a daily decision. Mm -hmm. You don't just make it once and you're like, okay, yes, it's a gift. And I trust God. Some some things you yeah. have to not. It's not even a daily decision. You have to make it hour by hour. If if it is something that you struggle yes. with, because it's mm-hmm. not just for singleness that you know you have to trust God's plan in. It's literally for every other thing that the enemy can use that's to make right. you doubt God's goodness. It literally yeah, happened yeah. in the beginning that's, of that's... the fall in Genesis chapter three when um, the serpent mm. made like asked Eve questions and just sowed the seeds mm. of doubt in her mind about God's goodness. And, and, and that mm. is what Satan does. You know, he, he lies and convinces you mm. that God right. is withholding things that you should have. Um, and, and so to combat mm-hmm. that, we have to trust that God has what is best for us. Um, and the only other thing I'd say is like, mm. it is very hard to trust someone you don't know. You know, like if you think about mm. who are the people right. that you trust the most in your life, they are people that you have an intimate relationship with. Mm-hmm. They're not just randoms. <laughs> so right. our first step to trusting mm-hmm. God and what he says, everything he says, not just about singleness, is actually knowing him intimately. Yeah, yeah. That's so, that's so right. That's so helpful. And, yeah, like the gift of singleness, I think some people think it's like some kind of special ability to be happy and peaceful while single. But is that at all? It's, it's really basically you be – like people mm. being single, that is a gift. Like currently I have the gift of marriage and it's that 
that status in life, this current status that God has given us to yeah. use for his glory. Um, and so you've talked about this being a daily decision or even hourly decision to keep trusting God's goodness and knowing that um, he has our best at heart. And so how can the church help or not help with this? Mm. Chris, did you want to add anything to any of that, like that we've gone through already? I think I really appreciate the way that you talked about it. And it, you're saying it, like the issue, it wasn't singleness or marriage. It was just a symptom of other stuff going on in your life. Like there's an idolatry there, and I think that's important because I think you're trying to talk about singleness or marriage. Like we make it this mm. really, really important thing when there's actually a lot of things God wants us to worry about, um, and more important things in some senses. And I really appreciate that you could see, in some sense, the pursuit of the relationship that wasn't even the most important thing there. Um, and I think like it's really important. Um, yeah, to recognize that this this is a gift from God and that we can trust Him in that. Mm. And I, I just want to add, like, like in my situation, like, there was a point where I felt comfortable with my singleness. I just want to say, like, it's not some test that God is giving you in order to give you a relationship. Like, I happen to be in a relationship, but that's not how it's going to work out for everyone. Like, you're, if you're listening, you're single, and you're like, oh, okay, I just have to learn to be content. And God will now reward me with a relationship. Like, I have passed that test. Like, it's mm. not like that at all. Yeah. I just want to clarify, like, that just happened for me. That's, there's no guarantee that God is going to mm. somehow, mm. quote, unquote, reward us. That, oh, we get things in, get our life sorted out, and then God will give us a relationship, like, as if that was the, the blessing that he would guarantee to people who are godly, yeah. seek his kingdom first, and have, mm. like, there's no formula to it. And yeah, like it's so, so true. Like Chris turned up in my life when I was actually looking and like honestly I wasn't that content in my singleness. And even though I would have I would have been before. Um but yeah, I was, you know, finishing uni, you know, in the prime location. <laughs> um so yeah, I was actually really concerned and worried. So it, was, it definitely wasn't like that for me. Yeah. So Going back to churches, how, how can they help us with this, I guess, trusting God's goodness um, or what are some ways they don't help as well? Jesse? Before we talk about what churches can help with, it's important to know and just, mm. I think, recognize and just validate the, the Asians out there who feel so much pressure from feeling like they do have to be in relationships. You know, I think Mm -hmm. in church culture, there is that kind of pressure to get married and be in a relationship. And that is the same thing with Asian culture. Yeah, there there was like a um, Chinese ad that went viral a few years ago. um, And it was... From a beauty company, mm. which you're like, mm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but the ad yes. itself was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and it was about um, so it was about sinew, which that so that's Chinese and literally translated it means leftover woman. So people, so females who were getting on an age, but who still weren't married. Um, and after watching that ad, I literally like started tearing up because. Mm. I mean, it was really heartbreaking. So, like, in China, there's what these called, like, a marriage market. 
So yeah. it's kind of like Tinder, but mm. your, your parents are the ones writing your bios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they like put your age, your job, your assets, you know, whether you have a car, whether you have a house. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just found it really sad because you are more than yeah. a paragraph. Everyone listening out there, you are more than a paragraph. You're Mm -hmm. more than a bio. Yeah, I just think in church as well, like, you know, you you have aunties Mm. who ask, you know, if you're dating someone or when you're getting married and and not just aunties, and and, uh, other people as well. And I think, you know, most people are well-meaning, but I would love to see the church put more emphasis and time and effort on seeing how someone's relationship yeah. with Jesus is. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I, I would love the church to have that emphasis uh, more on, on your faith. Yeah, it's so hard, yeah, when church, you know, all the people ask you those kinds of personal questions. Like, yeah, it's it's like you're a second rate or second best kind of state. Um, yeah, and, you know, it can be also hard, you know, if someone's listening out there and you're a sexual minority as well. And you're struggling with that. Um, Yeah, so for those who have chosen to be committed and to trusting Jesus, you know, that's, yeah, I I really commend you for that. Um, I mean, it's really hard for me to say since I'm a married person, you're probably, yeah, yeah, whatever, because you don't have to worry about it. Um, But, yeah, I just want to, yeah, say that, you know, really, really well done for being committed to that and persevering that. I think, yeah, for sure we can help singles much better in the church, Um, you know, because churches can be such family and married people-oriented places, Um, and we spend time celebrating births and marriages, but, you know, how do we, you know, celebrate things in single people's lives as well? I think that we could do that better, at least give it a lot more thought. And, um, yeah, we can definitely look after them better in that, it's not that we start a single focused mm. ministry and go, oh, we want to help you single people, but, you know, and draw them out like a target group. But <laughs> I don't know if that's really helpful. But, you know, I guess in the process of getting to know people who happen to be single, um, yeah, and understanding their desires and needs, then we, yeah, we want to care for them and meet them in that, in whatever their needs are. So maybe someone wants to be matchmade. That's great. We can try and help them. Maybe they don't want to, but it's a process of communication, understanding, discipling them as just a person um, and then Mm. knowing how to care for them well, I think. Um, Yeah, and I think churches can do that a bit better. Thanks for joining us today. This episode is brought to you by Season Asia of the Rice Movement, which is committed to championing the Asian voice. If you have any questions or comments on anything we've discussed, please drop us a line at seasonasia at ricemovement.org. We're also on Instagram and Facebook and we'd love to hear from you.